listening to the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. Rodgers does this better than anybody. End zone, Cobb, touchdown! Unbelievable! Here's your host, Joe Deluisio. Because he's a bad man! Welcome to episode 102 of the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. Coming to you live from the New York City studios. Joe D'Aloisio here. Give me a follow on Twitter at Joe, double underscore, D-A-L-O-I-S-I-O. And if you follow me on Twitter, I've been relatively quiet. Um, I think you could categorize my emotions after Saturday's shocking 13-10 to 10 loss in the NFC Divisional Round by the Green Bay Packers, falling, of course, to the San Francisco 49ers, uh, I think it's left a lot of people shocked. It's left a lot of people numb, uh, a lot of people that cover the game surprised, uh, some more surprised than others. Um, I fall into one of the in, into that category of being way more surprised and shocked and numb at this moment, and it's taken me some time to kind of gather my thoughts and really figure out what the hell went wrong Saturday night at Lambeau. Who deserves the blame? How can something like this happen? And for a majority of the weekend after the loss, I was in silence. I'll be honest. We had some great football on Sunday. Great football with the Rams and the Bucks, And, of course, Tom Brady making that final push, that comeback, that falls short because Matt Stafford prevails, something we don't hear often, but prevails and gets his team to the NFC Championship game. And then the nightcap. My goodness, what a game that was between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills, with Kansas City winning in overtime. I mean, a a phenomenal ending. Patrick Mahomes leads his team down the field with 13 seconds left for a tying field goal, not to mention a a 40-something yard field goal, not even like a miraculous 65-yard field goal. Of course, they win the coin toss. They score on the first drive. I mean, I'm not going to dive deep into that game. We all know how it went, but I will say this. No matter who won that coin toss, I thought whoever was getting the ball was going to win. And kudos to Josh Allen. I feel for you Buffalo fans right now. I think there is, there may be a little bit more pain if you're a Buffalo fan, but I think it's pretty comparable if you're a Packers fan right now. So phenomenal football on Sunday that I just didn't even have the energy or the desire to really be locked in and watch it after what I watched on Saturday night. Let's start with the beginning of this game. The way that the Packers opened up this game and marched right down the field and put seven on the board, I was convinced at that moment, wow, we, the Packers, are going to absolutely manhandle the San Francisco 49ers tonight. This is what it's about. It's all coming together. 
I couldn't have been more wrong. And I'm still trying to figure out what happened here. First run, you had the first drive, you had an excellent ba- uh, balance of run pass. You were able to move down the field with ease. And then it stopped. And then you couldn't do anything. Of course, the second drive halted by a Mercedes Lewis fumble, which, listen, the guy hasn't fumbled in, in who, who knows how long, years. It happens. Obviously, you don't want to make mistakes or too many mistakes at this point of the season, but it happens. And then later in the game, we're seeing Aaron Rodgers throw the ball or attempt to throw the ball to other wide receivers. Josiah DeGore, for example, over the middle, drops a pass. And things are starting to unravel. We went from being able on drive number one to do anything and everything to then not being able to do anything. And of course, you know, special teams. I mean, we remember... If you go back, listen to a few podcasts earlier in the seasons, me mentioning, you know, it's going to be terrible. It's going to be a terrible feeling if the Green Bay Packers get eliminated in the playoffs because of special teams. All right, and this was aside from Mason Crosby's issues that he was having throughout the year. You know, I was in the camp of bringing someone in to, to compete with Mason to give a little bit pressure. But it wasn't just Mason in terms of special teams that was struggling. It was the entire unit. And this is not something that is new. This is not something that just happened. But you have the blocked field goal before the end of the half. Which, by the way, that blocked field goal. A great play by Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones breaking free. But for the love of me, I don't understand... Why Aaron Jones even attempted to move inside. Now, I don't know if he stays straight if he scores there. But I do know this. You got to get out of bounds. If you know you're not going to score, you have to go out of bounds. Jones, having that mental lapse there, doesn't get out of bounds. The next play, Aaron Rodgers is sacked, and the team is forced to use their final timeout, and then the field goal. They didn't even have a a chance, a single play to try to get the ball in the end zone. And I'll tell you this, I also strongly believe if the Packers end up in some way, somehow, scoring one more touchdown, forget about a field goal, one more touchdown, they're winning this game because San Francisco didn't do anything offensively that should have made you feel somewhat comfortable. All Green Bay needed was one score. They couldn't get it done. And this was a defensive matchup. Kudos to both sides. That played absolutely phenomenal. I mean, if San Francisco 49ers pass rush able to get to Rodgers and sack him five times. Green Bay's front able to get to Jimmy G four times. Turnovers on both sides. Both of these defense played lights out. And you couldn't ask for more from either of these defenses, and specifically Green Bay's defense. I mean, you look at the you look at the score 
Green Bay's defense gave up six points. If your defense gives up six points, or you tell someone you're having a conversation with someone, and you say, oh, the defense only gave up six points, that person will probably respond, oh, wow, so you guys won the game, right? No, that wasn't the case in this one. So I think as the game progressed, it was evident that Rodgers started to lose trust, perhaps, in the other uh, with the with the other guys on the field. Now, was it a, a a combination of maybe good defense and guys not getting open, or was it just he lost trust in them? I think both are. You should throw both of those on the table at this point. And then, of course, at the end of the game, the blocked punt that results in a touchdown. Which really, you know, was the difference maker. Yes, special teams were a disaster. Yes, there needs to be a scapegoat, so I would anticipate that special teams coordinator, Mo Drayton, he will be gone. There has to be a scapegoat. He'll be gone. When, who knows, by the time you listen to this podcast, he may already be gone. But I can't just point fingers at the special teams here. And his entire career, I have been an Aaron an Aaron Rodgers defender. I have been on his side, in his camp, for a while now. But I think we need to start to actually question Aaron Rodgers and his future in Green Bay at this point. But what do you mean? Do I want Aaron Rodgers to leave the Green Bay Packers? I mean, no. Obviously not. You know what you have. The guy's a back-to-back MVP, going to be a back-to-back MVP winning quarterback, future Hall of Famer. But the numbers don't lie here, folks. And I don't need to recite the numbers to you. But the constant success that we're seeing in the regular season is great. But the failures in the postseason is getting beyond frustrating. And I think that is why this loss in particularly is so bone-crushing and has people feeling numb and has people and fans like myself contemplating, should we actually get rid of this guy? Is it time to just rip the Band-Aid off and move on? You know, I'm trying to figure out and I've, I, I've rarely experienced as a football fan being in the sports abyss, meaning my team not being relevant. I've dealt with a 4-12 and season, an 8-8, eight and 6-10 eight, and 10 here and there. But I mean, for the majority of my football fandom, I have rooted and I've watched a really good organization, a great organization. But sometimes I wonder, with those high expectations, does it hurt that much more when you can't get it done? 
I questioned and I, I thought to myself, and I thought, you know, I had a lot of self-thinking during this time. And I said, you know, would I rather just root for a team that had zero expectations? That was, I don't know, won five games every year, won three games, six games, I don't know, that had zero expectations. Because when there are expectations, your hope gets to a certain level when that, if they aren't reached, you're left defeated. I know I wasn't the only one that thought, wow, this year could be special. And then in the, and then in Saturday's game, when you start to see guys back on the field that haven't played in a while, you start to say, wow, like this, this could all come together. This is the perfect storm. The home field advantage. What could go wrong? And absolutely everything did. So I think it's time that we really start to question Rodgers' future with this organization. Aaron Rodgers is a phenomenal quarterback. He will be in the Hall of Fame one day, absolutely. But we have seen a much different Aaron Rodgers in the regular season compared to the postseason. Aaron Rodgers has not been able to get it done in the postseason. Look at the Kansas City Chiefs right now. And look at Patrick Mahomes. He is one win away from going to the big game. Again. And that's something to keep in mind. Look at the last two years. Mahomes wins the Super Bowl. Last year, disappointing effort, but it's back-to-back. Now, he has a chance on Sunday to make it to his third straight in such a young, early career. Meanwhile, you bring it back to Green Bay and the Packers, you have a Again, a future Hall of Fame quarterback that's 1-4 in in NFC Championship games. You got a guy that's only been to the Super Bowl one time. You have teams that are looking for that quarterback. It's year after year after year they cannot find the guy. And you look at the Packers organization, they've had their guy for the over for about two decades, over two decades, stemming back from Brett Favre and now Aaron Rodgers. And two decades worth of Hall of Fame quarterback caliber play. And only two Super Bowl victories and three appearances. Maybe I sound greedy. But that's just not enough. 
Look at what Tom Brady did in his time in New England. Again, I just mentioned Patrick Mahomes. And I don't mean to put this all on Aaron Rodgers. Maybe this is an organizational thing when it comes to the Packers. Maybe it's an overall roster thing when it comes to the Green Bay Packers. But it's a damn shame that this will be Aaron Rodgers' legacy. Being a great, a phenomenal quarterback, but one that just can't get it done in the postseason. Again, do I hope he's back in Green Bay? Of course, because I know what I'm going to get. I know I'm going to have success. I know I'm going make to make it to the playoffs, and then I can only hope that the narrative changes. And I can only hope that this is the year. But in a year that felt so special for it to end, especially in the divisional round, man, does that hurt. I mean, you look at you look at his overall play in, in this game. One of the biggest issues that I had was just the distribution. Aaron, it was Aaron Jones and Devontae Adams and nobody else. There wasn't a single player that got more than one target outside of Jones and Devontae Adams. I mean, how can you possibly win a game like that? Excuse me, Dominic Daphne, the, the fullback, got two. Didn't record a single reception, but he was targeted twice. But Alan Lazard won. Mercedes Lewis won. Randall Cobb won. I mean, Rodgers went to the front office and said, I want Randall Cobb. And you brought Randall Cobb back. And granted, it was his first game back from injury and whatnot. But to not even get him the ball in a postseason game? After this guy has been sitting on his couch the last few years during the postseason. It just doesn't make sense. And again, it just seemed as if when things didn't start going his way, it was tunnel vision. It was his way or the highway. I mean, you go back to his last heave to Devontae Adams, which was thrown into double coverage, and you watch that play. Where Aaron Rodgers isn't necessarily pressured that bad. He's got Alan Lazard wide open in the middle of the field. And yes, quarterbacks miss here and there, of course. Of course, absolutely. I'm not going to say they don't. No one is perfect here. But that tunnel vision and that lack of trust... You could tell he wanted to go to only two people. And that makes it very predictable and very easy for the defense. Now we heard Aaron Rodgers say a few key things post-game. Specifically, he's going to make up his decision relatively quickly. It'll be before free agency. 
I believe he joined the Pat McAfee show and discussed how it'll probably be even earlier than we expect. Maybe sometime in February, which is right around the corner. See what happens with Devontae Adams and what the Green Bay Packers could do with him. And obviously everyone in that organization, including Matt LaFleur, are hopeful that he'll be back. Do I get a sense that he wants to come back and be the quarterback of the Green Bay Packers? I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he wants to do that. I'm not sure. Because when I looked at Aaron Rodgers... Well, not looked at him face to face, but every time the camera went to Rodgers, you saw a stone cold face with zero emotion, zero fire, zero attitude. It just seemed like he was going through the motion. And that shocked me. I thought if he wanted to bring the fire, this was the year to do it. The way it started, the offseason before, the whole vaccination garbage. This was the year to flip up the double birds to the, to the National Football League and say, hey, this is my league. I didn't see that one bit on Saturday night, and I don't think many people could argue and say they did. This is not all on Aaron Rodgers, but I don't feel like I've given, I have given him enough respect, but I don't think I put enough blame on him. But I think this is also on Matt LaFleur, who Matt LaFleur, now this is three years in a row, now of course this this early exit, where he steps up to the media, and he takes full responsibility. And I'm already starting to get sick of it. And by all means, I'm not saying get rid of Matt LaFleur, but I'm starting to question why when it gets to this point, does everything fall apart? What is happening here? And don't, he cares. I mean, Matt LaFleur was gutted. He looked defeated. I mean, the game-winning kick having 10 guys on special teams, just another special teams blunder, when he was asked about it, he, he laughed and put his head down. That can't happen. And I'll tell you what, I respect the hell out of Matt LaFleur for not pointing fingers or blaming anyone else and taking all responsibility for this. But here's the team. 39 regular season wins. Three NFC North titles. Three first-round buys. Two number one seeds. Very likely you have the MVP two years in a row. And absolutely nothing to show for. This is a place that is supposed to be known as Titletown. 
unless we're counting NFC North championships at this point, there hasn't been a title in over a decade. There hasn't been many titles over the last two decades. But I think a fair share of blame does go on his shoulders. Why is it in the big game he's outcoached? What could he have changed? Did he try to change something? Are we not getting both sides of it? Is this where the Aaron Rodgers complex comes into into play? I'm not sure. But I think we need to start questioning Matt LaFleur as a head coach. And I think the only way we are going to get a fair assessment of how great of a coach or how good of a coach or how bad of a coach he is is if we see this man have control of this team without Aaron Rodgers. This team is a lot better because of Aaron Rodgers. How bad is this team without him? What can Matt LaFleur do with the talent around him without Rodgers? You need to want you got to want to see that to really get a good idea of what you have there. You look at it financially and I'm no cap specialist here. But if the Packers can't figure out a way to bring back Devontae Adams, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is coming back at all. And if you just look at the numbers, I don't know how that's possible. And if I'm Devontae, I know, you know, the franchise tag is a is definitely a possibility. But do you want to risk that? Potentially get hurt? while playing under the franchise tag, and then who knows where the rest of your career goes? When at this point, this is where he could be the most, you know, he could sign his most lucrative contract? Do you blame him for wanting to go out and get his? Absolutely not. How about all the guys that they brought in on those one-year prove-it deals that actually proved it? You don't think they're going to want to go out and get money? A guy like Devondre Campbell isn't going to go out there and get paid? Of course. Rasul Douglas saying, yeah, he, you know, he wouldn't take the minimum, maybe a little bit more. But I just think there's so many different moving pieces here. And I could be wrong in misinterpreting the entire situation, but I, it, it, it becomes harder and harder to convince myself that Rodgers is definitely going to be back next season. And I hate to say it, the the future could possibly be very bleak. Could be great. We don't know. We won't know until it happens. What we will know, though, is we'll go back and we'll think about, if things are terrible, we'll think about what we had, and quite frankly, how we wasted it. It just doesn't make sense to me how 
you could play so well all season long. And in the most important game, everything just falls apart. You know, I felt I felt terrible for a guy like A.J. Dillon who got hurt and couldn't get back in the game. I, I actually do believe that if Dillon was able to get back onto the field, that that Packers run game would be more productive, had an opportunity to open things up. Aaron Jones was getting exhausted. You weren't going to rely at on a backup of a backup. And Patrick Taylor, no respect, uh, disrespect to him, to come in and do much there. I do think things would have been maybe a little bit different if Dylan doesn't get hurt. The other thing that pains me is, man, this defensive unit, they're a bunch of dogs, man. They worked their ass off in this game. And not for nothing. Jimmy Garoppolo is not a good quarterback. The 49ers are fortunate enough that he only finished with one interception. And I may sound salty right now. The defense did everything they could. Maybe they could have gotten an interception or two more. But offensively, it all falls on the Green Bay Packers there. Terrible third down efficiency. Way too many three and outs. An offense that just went from being a good offense to inept. I mean, this is a Packers offense that scored 30 points in six of the final seven games. And they had a chance to either end the game with a scoring drive up 10-3 to or retake the lead late when it was 10-10. And they went three and out both times. Again, special teams was bad. But the offense, the quarterback play, they needed that to reach another level in order to get past the 49ers. I don't know what more to say. I I, I really don't. And the only thing that I could that and I, I contemplating this, I contemplated this too. And I know I'm all over the place, but I still I feel like I still haven't been able to really get to where I need to be with, with this loss. I really contemplated just not being so emotionally invested because of how distraught I was Saturday night from this. But I know come next season, I know the minute Rodgers says, hey, I'm coming back, I'm in. And if he's not and it's Jordan Love, I'm in. The Sharp Cheddar Podcast, we are in. But man, this absolutely sucks. I don't know. Again, I, I, I can't see the future. I don't know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. But I do believe the end is near. I really do. And I think the quicker that this organization realizes it, deals with the 
the issues that will come with it, the struggles that will come with it, maybe the better they become long-term. And who knows how long that can be. Aaron Rodgers has been a phenomenal quarterback. But not a phenomenal quarterback when it matters most. And that's in the postseason. And there's no denying that. And that will forever be Rodgers' legacy. I mean, if he comes back and they win a Super Bowl, yeah, he, he helps write a new chapter in that book. But if the last picture of Aaron Rodgers is him jogging out off the field, snowy Lambo, where you would want to play, the home field advantage that no longer exists in the postseason over the last decade or so where this team is a, has a 500 record. If that was his final run into the locker room, that his ability to not win the big game in the playoffs will be a huge chapter in that overall legacy. So, I'm sorry I was all over the place. It took me a little bit longer than I wanted to get this podcast out, but that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. I won't be back later in the week to preview the championship game. I promise you this, though. Okay? I promise you this. My picks last week, they were a disaster. Everything was just a disaster. Disaster of a weekend. I will say this, though. Once the Super Bowl matchup is picked... I'll try to have a couple podcast episodes previewing that Super Bowl. If there is any breaking news surrounding Aaron Rodgers, possibly Devontae Adams, any of the other cast of characters that may be on their way out or returning to Green Bay, I'll be back. You'll hear from me. Bear with me. Let me let me sulk a little bit more in this pain. But I, I knew I had to get behind the mic. And this this did help. It was a little therapeutic. So I appreciate you listening. That'll wrap up this episode of the Sharp Cheddar Podcast. As always, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for all of you that have listened all season long. It's been phenomenal to hear the feedback, and it's greatly appreciated that you stuck with me throughout the season despite, you know, sometimes schedule changes, life happening. I appreciate that. Continue to follow me on Twitter for any updates. All right, if you don't, if you haven't already liked or subscribed to the podcast, Please do again give me a follow on Twitter at Joe double underscore D A L O I S I O. And as always, go pack go.